Hey. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Movie Schmovie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, episode mm-hmm. 241, and this is the first in a long time that will meet our intended release schedule yes. of coming out every other week. And um, I'm happy to say that. This is good, right? This is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. We're back into a rhythm. That's always good. Um, so is two in a row a rhythm? Is that Could we say that? Or like we're at the start of it maybe? I don't know. Like, yeah. I think we get to get to like three or four. I mean, it's and rhythm then, enough. And then I think we can pat ourselves back a little more. Two child support payments in a row. Wow. Are we yeah. on the yeah. one and the yeah. three or the two and the four? One and the three is funkier. Yeah, the two and the four. Two definitely. and the four is kind of End square. of the month, you're like, yeah. oh, man. Get that, <laughs> check, I can get some Pampers. Man, child support. So, you have a separate life that we don't know about? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm good. He's moved his uh, sort of his addiction, his shoe addiction. Yeah, has now become a Pampers addiction. He just buys yeah. diapers just to buy them. <laughs> Very strange. But he goes to like the secret release parties for oh, yeah. like the oh, hot it's like new the underground ones <laughs> that like you only find out on like social media the if the moon is in the right clown. phase. <laughs> the Pampers that look like the shoes that Michael J. Fox wore in Back to the Future Two. Yep. Yeah, that would be really cool, actually. They actually like make you like <laughs> lift you up. <laughs> 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 These are my new hover pampers. You yeah. see that they're selling the shoes that auto lace now? Yeah. Like, yeah. not the Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Trek. Star Back to the Future. Speaking of robots, <laughs> reboot Ronald. Reboot. <laughs> so, your name is Ronald. It is. And what's your name? I'm Steve. Does that make me John? That is. Carry the. The math works the, out. The two yeah. on that. Yep. Then you're John. <laughs> uh, and here we are. Talking about Ronald short-circuiting just now. Yes. We're going to talk about some robots today. Yep. Uh, so this is coming out the week after Terminator Dark Fate. Dark, Dark Fate. Fate. Which, I wonder um, if, if anything bad happens to anybody in that movie. Oh, man. I don't know. I mean, if, if like... it did, you'd think they'd put it in the title. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> give us a heads up. Yeah, give us a little tip-off so we know what to expect. Come there's on. Like a real, it looks like there's a real social message in there about mm-hmm. immigrants and stuff. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. You think? It's written all over the trailer. In words or just in subtext? <laughs> the main character is an immigrant. The, uh, uh-huh. the, uh-huh. the Terminator is an immigrant. Is he an immigrant? Like, is, is he just like a robot with a... With an immigrant story? I guess it's like, what What, is oh, he, what does he have? I don't know. We'll it's find true. out. We'll find out. It is interesting that you've got Arnie mm. and you've got the Terminator. And those two things, like, it is hard to not think of that robot as like the perfect form of Schwarzenegger in some strange sure. way. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe Conan is up there too. There's two or three roles that really seem like this is the best use yeah. of him. And I really do think the is, Terminator. Is anything bigger than the Terminator though of those? I mean, I don't know. Terminator. Yeah, there's nothing. Him walking through that mall with the shotgun. <laughs> You should have just shot those arcades because they'd be like, in the year this one exists. Genesis and Super Nintendo. He, he would have just like sped up. <laughs> he would have sped up the timeline. Like, How did he not know that coming from the future? I, you think he knows? He should have, right? He should have warned wow. John Connor. Shit. That's yeah. a whole other thing we didn't explore. It's crazy yeah. sauce. Maybe which which version of John Connor, though? Which actor? Not, not, uh, not Christian Bale. So Nick Stahl? Yeah. No. Edward Furlong. You're an Edward Furlong man? I'll go Edward Furlong. You're a Furlong man. You know, I can actually sound off about that because in preparation for this episode, I watched Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Bomb drop. We didn't know that coming in here. I watched Terminator 2 Judgment Day. I said, well, we're going to be talking about robots. We haven't seen the new Terminator film, but we're recording. And I said, how can I be prepared for this? What if the Terminator from Terminator 2 is one of my favorite robots of all time. I need to know that. Uh-huh. And, well, I saw Terminator 2. And, and the best part is that we're recording this in an evening where we recorded one prior, and you mentioned we need to watch Terminator 2 finally. Yeah. And little did we know, oh, we John was just holding on to this little oh, nugget. What'd you think? I mean, you know, I will say something that might seem oh, like an understatement for a movie that people have been chewing over for this song, it's a pretty darn good movie. Hell yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, man. I mean, like, James Cameron... The world was waiting for that. James Cameron does not make, like, shitty movies. Like, yeah. there's a lot of James Cameron in his movies, and he's, like, a dork and an asshole at the same time. And I really do think that his movies, you can kind of see... Sure. 
Oh, the, yeah. There's always a hero that's going through something that you can tell that he's feeling what the hero is going yeah. through, and he's always got like he or she, whoever the hero is, always has characters that come up against that represent. I think the sort of person that pisses off James Cameron. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, if there's a character that's kind of a foolish character that gets blown up or beaten up or, or bested in a movie, you can you can you feel like a personal vendetta on the part of James Cameron towards towards accountants or doctors or 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 you know like yeah like Bill Paxton's character in True Lies has that quality of like yeah. of like James Cameron's mad at some dude that flirted with his wife and so he just creates this character but there is something about James Cameron that is like writ so large and he's yeah. had so many big hits that he gets to make these big movies but he's one of those auteurs who's I really do think his psychology is is just spooged all over his movies oh, you yeah. know you can tell that it's so weird that the guys that you you talk to them and in, in, in they people talk to them in interviews and they're like, I wanted this person to be a manly man and punch people in the face. All of them are like that. Like Quentin Tarantino, James Cameron, who have these hyper masculine characters in their movies mm-hmm. and are the furthest thing from it, or at least machismo. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting, especially that movie in particular where it's like hyper violent. It's just action. It's like yeah, got some really straight action. some really well done action. I think that seeing a movie shot on film with practical effects and stunts, yeah. it just looks so almost quaint. Yeah. It was state of the art when it came out. But now it's old. Like I enjoyed seeing the the giant practical stunts. I enjoyed seeing the the sort of scope of that action. I do think there are some moments in the movie where it slows down to show you the like liquid metal effects that oh, yeah. they're so proud of for 1992. Some of those moments do feel a little bit like a lesson would be never slow down to look at an effect because yeah. that will age poorly. Um, did Wasn't the next year or within a couple years wasn't Jurassic Park? Did, did it come out in 93? Yeah. So like the very next year, in this movie, we have liquid metal, which is like... You know the way when Pixar started out, they did toys, and yeah, then they yeah. did bugs. It's like, let's do characters that yeah. we don't have to make them... We don't have to imitate skin or hair. We can do hard plastic or hard bugs. Mm. Like, designs that, that lend itself to what computer-generated graphics oh, were yeah, capable yeah. of at the time. The liquid metal thing is a good example of that. It's like, this is something we can definitely do with this technology. They, you know, The moments where it merges or morphs with the sort of human version, there's always a moment where it, like... It's like the computer equivalent of when you cut from the real person and then you cut away and you cut back and it's a prosthetic. Yeah, yeah. That is always a very... It's like I love practical effects, so I love that. But it is always funny when it's like, oh, you had the actor and now you have a dummy of the actor getting shot. It felt that way with some of the digital effects in this, right? Like Robert uh, Patrick, who's playing the the T-1000. I mean, he was... A, he looks like a baby in this. He does. But those scenes where he's like running... And he's like got his arm straight in front of him shooting and he's just running like a machine. Like that stuff was great. Like there's just some yes. really neat, weird performing in that. But there are some moments where when he goes from his liquid metal form to his cop form or whatever, where the camera says, look how cool this looks. <laughs> yeah. That stuff hasn't aged that well. But most of the rest of the movie, like I said, it feels very welcome nowadays to watch something that has trucks flipping over and, and you know, stunts and, and stuff like that. So I was, yeah, I was really kind of charmed by it. I mean, for such a big movie, you would almost think that it's wrong to say it's charming, but I really did feel like, it oh, this weird. feels like a, a, a bygone way of making of making movies. So It was the first movie that I saw where I saw a woman as a lead, and I was like, she can beat everybody up in this room. <laughs> and it felt like they didn't feel like they were putting on. She was such a a force on screen. Sarah Connor was such a cool character that just when she's in the hospital and she takes that cleaning yeah. agent and wants to shoot at this guy's it's like all that stuff that she does feels very practical and like not outside of what somebody could try. Really, yeah. Really try, try and she was just beating the shit out of people. I thought it was so cool. That's awesome that you finally watched it. Yeah. I watched it. I, I watched. I watched the theatrical version. I did not watch the special edition that seemed like it had about twenty more minutes in it. Oh, okay. And frankly, I'm kind of glad I didn't. And the 4K remaster. Because at two hours and fifteen minutes, this movie felt about right. Yeah. If it, if it is a little bloated, I mean, it's like, and I mean that in the sense that. Oh yeah, yeah. Big action movies like this have that sense of like you. You can tell when you're descending into the final act, and a lot of times you go, oh, okay, there's another twenty, thirty minutes. Like that action scene at the end, which could be a five minute scene. Like Cameron has a way of kind of drawing these things out but no i i can't imagine i think it would have felt maybe i maybe there were some cool scenes but i can't imagine what i would have wanted them to add back in yeah it feels like one of the things that's appealing about this movie 
is the simplicity of it. It does have like time paradox stuff going on, but they keep it simple in the in the ter- in terms of what the characters are doing at any given moment and what their goal is. Yeah, it's kept pretty simple, and I actually like the kind of flip of in this movie. Um, Arnold is like the nice guy, and Linda Hamilton is the kind of dangerous. Yeah, you know she's too intense. She's gone too far. She kind of needs to come rein it in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but when she first sees him, mm-hmm. and she's like crawling, oh, she like slides, and then she's like yeah. kind of push herself back. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, she is so self possessed and so tough. You're right. That that moment of like complete vulnerability and just like traumatized fear. It really yeah. is Tried to different kill her for yeah. an entire movie, and now he's. Friendly? Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that's so good. But also, Arnie's good in this. He's really good. I think he's great in Terminator 2. Yes. I mean, obviously, because of the turn. And, I mean, yeah, we've said it. I, I think, I actually love this movie. Like, it's one of my favorite Same. action movies ever. Um, and I think it still holds up pretty well. And um, But do you know what I mean about it? Now it holds up in a way that seems almost charming because of the fact that it's so... It's like nowadays, so much of that stuff would have been done digitally, and it would have theoretically sure, been sure, more "quote unquote" sure. impressive, yeah. but it wouldn't be. It would actually not give you that sense of real stunts. Because I mean, Cameron's never been my guy, but I always admire his scope and his ambition. And this yeah. is like a a a, a, a giant B movie. Yeah, you know, it's like a sequel to a B movie, and it's it's similar to the way Aliens takes Alien and just kind of makes it bigger. This is like, the ter- if the Terminator is more of like almost a horror, yeah. this is more in the vein of sci-fi action, but it's just huge. I mean, it's just, like, what what was this in between for him? What was this? In- I'm not sure. Was this, this wasn't the next thing he did after Terminator, though. He did, um... Abyss? Abyss must have been in between there, right? You don't know? I'm uh, not sure. I know Abyss was. I don't know what, if anything, yeah. between it and this. I but- wish he made more movies... That could feel this sort of, I mean, I don't think he's capable of going in and tossing off anything, but I, I kind of, it, seeing this made me sad that the next whatever chunk of his career is going to yeah. be av- Avatar sequels, you know? Maybe those movies will be great, but I just am not as interested in that world as I am this kind of... producing Dark Fate, right? Like, he had some... I think um, he had a major hand in it. I think we are to believe this is an attempt to course correct that right. series. I think but so. I don't know anything really about it, but now I'm a little more invested in, in the... Sarah the Connor character, sequel, yeah, which makes me really happy. Um, <clears throat> and she and Edward Furlong both have this kind of like, they're both like trying to be so intense. And there is something about his performance that's a little bit like for a child actor. There's some kind of oh, Aliens, The Abyss, Terminator Two. Okay, so it went Terminator and then Aliens. aliens. Yeah, I just mentioned uh, that movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But no, that's interesting that those are all just giant. Like the movies that he made, just get, huge. They just get bigger and bigger. Yeah. yeah. And he is obsessed with the technology, which I do think can be a, a, a pitfall beyond a, a certain level. I, but I think that what's interesting is he pushes the technology forward just a little bit when he makes a movie like that. So yeah, and I mean, in Nice Ninety One, what may not look you know great today, like I, I again, I think it looks pretty good. But at that time, like this movie, like like watching this movie when I was like ten years old, eleven years old. Like blew my mind. Like mm-hmm. watching the T one thousand. Like you know, you watch the T eight hundred and you see just like this physical force, yeah. and you see the time that that movie was made. There's no way, really, it, with with the, with with special effects to really show anything that's like, I don't know what the right word is, like uh, metaphysical or like or otherworldly or things like that beyond yeah. like a robot or cyborg or whatever. So seeing that movie in theaters, you know, and seeing what they did with the T one thousand. Was wild, was, yeah. you know the scene where you know he calls home and asks how Woofy is, and oh like and off screen you see the arm shoot out like insanity, yeah. like you know, and that's not even shown on screen. You know, talk about the effect. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's just a lot of that stuff works in the movie's favor. And not to mention something I was thinking about recently. Again, 1991, marketing of movies is way different. I don't know if you remember, like, or even if you look it up now, most of the marketing of that movie. Did not promote Arnold as the good guy. Well, I, I don't uh, think he can because the movie actually it's, it's is amazing. fueled by that moment where she thinks he's still evil. 100%. We That's experienced a most. moment like that earlier, like where Him he comes and, in. With John. But like also the fact that he doesn't kill everybody at the uh, at the pool hall that he goes into yeah. when he goes, goes in naked. Yeah. I do think it's kind of funny that, that, you know, he went up to that guy to get the leathers. Yeah. And it, I guess he wanted the look. Yeah. But that guy... 
he didn't look. I, I, it, He's a different size. Well, I got, well, it's not even just that, but I just feel like that guy didn't look like the kind of like frequent bather whose clothes you might want right. to wear. It's like a full leather outfit. The guy was like smoking a cigar. I just feel like those must be the most rank. I feel like it's all ass sweat and cigar. <laughs> yeah. And that's terrible. Like, why does he want to? Maybe he. Maybe that adds to the intimidation factor of that character. But um, yeah. but no, in that scene, I could sort of tell. Okay, if I did not know he was good in this, which I did know. Um, this scene would be a little bit of a tip-off because he he doesn't kill everybody. And the guy who comes out with the gun after him, like, he gets the gun from the guy, but he, but he doesn't kill him. You know, I just feel like... And he gets, like, sunglasses from him or whatever, but he doesn't, he doesn't kill him. And I think maybe if... I, it's hard for me to picture watching this movie cold and going, oh, what's up with this? This is not the same, like, killing machine as the yeah. first movie. So it's interesting that that was a twist of sorts. All John Connor... Man, all John Connor Terminator scenes were incredible. That the scene where he's riding that dirt bike. Yeah, dude. I danger. It, it never felt so immediate. Yeah. I was like, man, a truck could kill a kid. Yeah. He was just like trying to kill him with all his might, man. I know. God, that was good. I love the cones for the shotguns too. For the shotgun. Yeah. It's like I, I thought that was. Yeah. No. No. Looking totally. at it now, it's kind of. Coining, but like the, those big shotguns, and they just put yeah. like <laughs> silvery <laughs> cones where he got shot. Well, I mean, that's such a neat combination of like there were some practical things, and there were yeah. some kind of latex things, and then there's you know, so yeah, it's it represents that time when the technology was being used. Similar to what I was saying before, it's just this is a good use of the nascent form of, of computer-generated yeah. imagery. The fact that it wasn't meant to look lifelike, but it is kind of impressive. And I'm not even saying, Steve, that they've necessarily, that they look bad. I'm saying that the way the movie slows down to say, look at this. Like, yeah. I think if you hadn't had those moments where it was clearly saying, we're showing off this, this liquid metal look... Then this movie would it wouldn't stand out as much. Right, but you can't stop. No, you can't. Ego. But I'm, right. I, that's what I was wondering though. Is as a guy with that ego, doesn't it seem like he would be the ultimate guy who would lose sleep over the fact that that technology? I mean, like it's almost amazing to me. He hasn't pulled a Lucas. Yeah. Like Lucas going back and adding stuff to augment things. It almost is surprising Surprise to me that that Cameron can't can get past his ego to say these movies look like the era in which they were made and I'm going to move on to do this new bold stuff. I mean, I'm not arguing for it. I don't want to see it. Yeah. I'm just saying, have we not gotten... Right. I'm surprised he has not done that thing that a lot of directors of his generation have done, which is say, oh, I can use the technology now in a way to kind of fix things. So, yeah. But... Um, James. I also... Like, this is such a weird memory of that movie, but like, all the sequences when Arnold's like riding the motorcycle with John Connor and he does that like thing where he like like spins the gun the shotgun around to like reload or yeah. the recock it whatever the hell that I don't even know how guns work but I just remember watching like I just remember being like that looks so fucking it cool. was a crazy choice like, and like it just felt so right yeah him. like just watching him like defend this kid at any cost and like yeah. he's got these like moves now you know yeah. like I don't know I just yeah I I, I I love that movie so much so good Are we gonna get this list Let's do it. I'll jump off real quick, but my, one of mine is a T-800. All right. So it's good. I'll That's just start segue. the list. Yeah. Arnold, I, 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 I would argue his most iconic role ever. And uh, for a man that's had an amazing career as an actor, and he's got his own little political thing going, he's a personality that will, that's forever changed the movie industry. Uh, one of the best, the, the best, most memorized, most quoted catchphrases ever in cinema. I'll be back. You know, and... Uh, Asa La Vista baby like in, in multiple films you know what I'm saying like this is this is a consistency I love the idea of the turn in Terminator 2 you know of, of him being the, the 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 martyr at the end of the film to save John Connor and possibly all mankind and um, that moment where he realizes what he's got to do yeah, yeah. you feel it coming or at least I did because I knew at the end of this movie, I didn't know much about this movie, but I knew that he lowered himself down or got lowered. He yeah. can't do it to himself. That someone lowered him down into, yeah, and that the thumbs up. <laughs> Don't even, man. It was such an emotional it's, moment. It's, it's, it tore me up. It's yeah. silly and it's corny, but from Cameron, I it's I kind of liked how sweet it is. Me too, man. Like it feels uncynical from this guy who I'd normally yeah. think of as sort of resistant to that kind of easy emotion. Throughout this movie, I was seeing those little things of... Like, why Cameron is one of kind of, like, whether you love him or not, he's in that master category with, like, sure. Spielberg and Lucas and people like that who've made these giant 
entertainments that have this human element to them. And he has his own way of getting like his favorite kind of elements into a movie, but it still isn't like an adventure story. And that idea of this guy kind of sacrificing himself, it is a cool, like I think it's a cliche now. That's kind of what I'm getting at. It's so much about this movie shot for shot has been paradized, tributed, referred back to you, you, it's a power. It's a testament to the power of this movie that when he says hasta la vista baby, that I didn't go. Oh yeah. I was like, like, I was invested in that moment. Yeah. Like, I wasn't thinking, oh, yeah, that line. I knew he said it. I was thinking, oh, yeah, earlier the kid trained him about things to say when you're kind of kicking someone's yeah, ass. Yeah. And he pulled it out. And it actually got, like, Hasta La Vista, baby, which should be the tiredest moment in the movie, actually got me on an emotional level. Yeah. It's because this is good filmmaking. And it's like, it holds up. Um, yeah. The other thing I realized watching this movie was just, you know how often you see a movie that you haven't seen, but you've kind of seen it? Yeah. I have really not seen this movie. Like, uh, there right, were right. scenes and images and characters that I was wow. like, I've just never seen this yeah. before at oh, cool. all. You know, it cool. was like, there were moments I have, but there was so much that I hadn't that I really did think, okay, this is not one of those where, because yeah. we talk about that sometimes, how it's like, I haven't seen it, but I feel like I've caught Shit all the pieces of it, yeah. of it on cable. This, I must have only seen a few key moments from it. Wow. Is there Connor's nightmare? When the, that is some crazy shit. It fucks. It still fucks. Yeah. Me. I didn't know how to place that in the timeline. Why is she in the? Why is she in there twice? That that's not like something that happened. That's something <laughs> yeah. that's all that's all nightmare imagery, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. Because yeah, yeah. I was it's trying to place what, when did this happen? Because at first I thought it was her with young, young John when he yeah. was a baby, and then I was like, well, Nate, it's a strange. No, yeah, yeah definitely yeah. nightmare. Yeah. But her, like, holding onto the fence and continuing to, like, the camera keeps coming back to her as she's, like, screaming and burning and blowing up. It's just like, what the fuck? Why is this happening? And and again, that's a case where the effects definitely look old in that scene, but it's still disturbing. Like, what he pulls off visually looks really different, you know? That's what I love. An old... Realistic is such an overrated thing with effects. Mm -hmm. Does it look cool? Does it evoke something? The notion that it's all got to be grounded and real, to me, is not as interesting as, like, does it look unique? Does it look like something I haven't seen before? You can tell that with every reckless thing that he says, before he puts it out, he's like, I made Terminator 2, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. That's, well, you could really pick most of his movies, and he could probably boast about any yeah. of them. Yeah, really. and you could tell that it's from that perspective. Yeah. When he when he has all this commentary about women stuff, he's like, I have I have a strong woman lead in one of my movies. Yeah, yeah. The Terminator too. Yeah, you could tell it's all from that era. Sure, it's weird, man. And and aliens. Yeah. Yes. No, I don't know, but yeah. So just T eight hundred. That's a good one. I just think that over the course, the first film, like I said earlier, is it, he's just like. A force. It's just an unstoppable machine, mm-hmm. emotionless, just to kill. Yeah. And I just love the change in the second one. And, you know, and, and for Arnold as an actor, you know, the performance I think is pretty great and like it's effective and it like, you know, you really latch on to him and John and, and Sarah, but him and John, mm-hmm. you know, through the film as a true protector of the thing that he really was created to stop. And it's just, I love the arc. I love the ending. Well, and I just love it. It forces you to kind of wrestle with, is this any different from like love or friendship just because, just because he's programmed to do it. Right. It's an interesting question. Yeah. I mean, that's something to wrestle with. Like it's emotional, but at the end of the movie, well, there's that one scene where that they're talking to each other and you hear Sarah Connor's uh, narration from the future saying that no one else ever stepped in like that for, for John, for John. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's kind of moving, but it also is so sad because this is not, this is a robot who is programmed to step in for him. Yeah. And the fact that that character never had anybody else that treated him as much like a father figure as that. I just think that like, that's a little element of tragedy, but it does lend itself to, to kind of forcing you to deal with that question of like, what, what is this character? Is he actually learning? Is he actually picking something up? And then at the end of the movie, you see that he, like when he realizes that he's going to have to die to really stop this thing from happening, you can tell that he's kind of rueful about it. But Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't overplay it. Not that he really could overplay an emotion because that's not his forte. But it's a great, again, back to it being a great use of him. It's, yeah. It really does play into his sort of, I, I don't want to say this in a way that sounds like a backhanded compliment, but his limitation as an actor is like perfectly suited for this character, the fact right. that he can kind of come off as a little stiff, it's like, yeah, oh, totally, yeah, it's like, yeah, custom made, yeah. yeah. What do you guys got? Who's going next? Um, you want to go next, or do you want? Me yeah, to I picked one that's kind of odd. I don't know if they count as robots. Uh, batteries not included. Definitely oh, robots. That's such a good choice. They're robots. I think so. Yeah, man, HBO. Yeah, 
childhood. For sure. Oh, man, that's so good. And when we, All so HBO was weird because like we'd have it sometimes, we wouldn't have it sometimes. And when we had it, I'd watch it. All the time. All the time. Sure. And this movie came on constantly. And I thought about just how adorable those little mm-hmm. characters were, the fixits, and how they made me feel. And how the idea of someone hurting them yeah. just crushed me, right? right? Like, it just was such an interesting story. Did it take place in New York? Yeah, I think so. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, it's just like a, I don't know, just like a there's all the high rises around. Yeah, and their yeah. little building is the one holdout. Yeah. And it's all about them, yeah, the people coming together in the little in the little uh, apartment building with yeah. a, what kind of multicultural cast. Yeah. yeah. Um, Charming as hell, you know, not to overuse that word, but it's Very also charming. one of those. Didn't like Spielberg come up with the story? He was involved in some way. It was one of those movies that had like a Spielbergy feel all mm. over it, but wasn't by him. Oh, Back man, in the day when good. Steven Spielberg presents yeah. was like a huge thing. And as a, that was one of the few movie maker names I knew when I was a kid. So I yeah. remember, you know, like I learned a little bit about like what does a producer do versus a director versus a writer based on Steven Spielberg's name being on mm. movies like that. I think he was involved Produ- in the producer. Oh, just yeah. okay. here's another little interesting thing. I just looked it up. Brad Bird. Oh yeah, screenplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? What? So, I never knew that. Strange. Good movie. Wild. I. It was one of those movies that even then I was like the the special effects on top of the the lived in world looked a little weird. But it was so oh, cool. man, what a good movie. It's one of those movies that like yeah, even a- when I was a kid, I was like, those special effects are weird. And I don't know what it is about. But, do you get but it? it? But it was great. It's yeah. a great movie. It's like stop motion or something. It's yeah. like before CGI yeah, would have yeah. been the way they did it. It's like green screens and stop motion. That stuff looks so cool. It did. It did. It it, it really There's a magic to it that you can't beat with, with yeah. computers, I think, with stop motion. And then like when it'd be in people's hands and stuff, like it, it really felt well, yeah. I mean, you don't see that many movies nowadays, or maybe period, that are like dramas that are heartwarming that bring in that level of a genre element. I mean, maybe if we really thought about it, we could find them, but you just don't see that like that often, where it's like yeah. heartwarming and it's got there's a there's a plot, there's a threat, but it's not like an adventure story as much as it is a, sort of a human story. With this, it reminds me of like that show, uh, Amazing Stories. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like an episode blown up into a movie is what it yeah. feels like. Well, since you're talking about uh, sort of cute robots and uh, particularly when you were talking about the way they were achieved technologically, um, I'm going to, I will say this list is hard for me because there's some obvious choices and mm. then there are some less obvious choices. I don't know if you guys ever run into that whole thing oh, of yeah. like, you're making a list that doesn't have any, a few of your big favorites on it because you're trying not to be obvious. Yeah. But I guess I'll just lean into whatever I think is the most interesting thing to talk about at that given moment. Because when you talked about the the way the droids act and the way they look in terms of the technology, that stop motion animation, there is a character in the 1981 movie Clash of the Titans um, that my young self just loved. It was Bubo, the owl. Oh, wow. He's like oh, a yeah. little... He's a little clockwork, like clockwork. kind yeah, of owl, right, right. but he's very much like a little robot. I mean, he's got his own personality, and, and he is cute, and he makes little noises. And it seems like in the wake, maybe, of like R2-D2 and stuff like that, mm. you've got these beeping, you know, cute droids that are... Yeah. And it, I was when I saw that movie, I was at the perfect age for that character. I think they put a character like that in a movie like that because they know little kids are going to love Bubo. But he was the perfect, like, if something seemed like it, something bad was going to happen to Bubo, you get really invested the same way you felt about those little robots in yeah. batteries not included uh, but also it was just that Harryhausen um, stop motion animation that classic look and some of the best stop motion animation that's ever been done was in um, Clash of the Titans in my opinion mm. and Bubo was just I think he actually comes from Greek myth there is a clockwork owl that was given as a gift to Athena I think mm. so that's not something they just made up for the movie mm-hmm. but the way it's used in the movie was an arrow straight to the heart of any uh, eight-year-olds who happen to be in the audience and I was one of those eight-year-olds. Um, this was also when you might get boobs in a PG movie, and there's a scene of the the female lead coming out of a bath that had her getting draped, and you see her chest for a moment. And I remember I went to go see that movie with my dad, and 
we were going back, my mom and my sister and I were going back. And as we were going to it, I started to get really nervous because my mom would know I had seen it already uh, and that it had boobs right. in it. And we were, when we got to the boobs, I was like, oh, she's going to, it's going to be weird. My mom's going to know. <laughs> so I remember even on the way to the theater, like I was being weird and she talked, she talked to me before the movie. So I wouldn't feel strange about it. But I remember I, whenever I think of that movie, I think of Bubo and then I just think of boobs. Oh, <laughs> dang, man. Now you make me want to go see that movie. It's campy, and I don't think it's aged that well. But you know, it's got Burgess Meredith and Harry Hamlin, and it's got mm. boobs, got boobs. Bo- boobs and Bubo. All about that. So Bubo, the mechanical owl from uh, from Clash of the Titans, nineteen eighty one. Cool. Steve, your next robotic friend. My next robotic friend is probably one of the ones that a lot of people would mention, and I'm going to mention it is uh, the Iron Giant. Yes, uh, oh. and it's weird that I just saw Brad Bird on a screenplay on your pick for batteries not included, but the Iron Giant. I mean, I feel like it's just it's kind of it's kind of gotten its due attention over the years since it came out. Wow, twenty years ago. Um, but just again, kind of like the kind of like the uh, the T eight hundred a little bit in kind of just this duality of a weapon, but also a protector, mm-hmm. and um, just confusion and and learning and and emotion and and just the the whole arc of that character through the film and the way it ends, you know, like if you don't really, if you don't feel or relate or somehow understand and, and the emotion that that film through that character brings to the front, you know, in, in the last scenes of that movie, um, I don't, I don't know that you have a heart. Um, have you, have you, have you seen the Iron Giant? It's been a long time. Yeah. But I mean, also Vin Diesel's voice work is great. I mean, like he's a good voice actor, maybe one of the better things he's ever done. Um, and uh, I just think it's a beautiful rendering. It's animated, but I mean, it figured it's still qualified. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just think Iron Giant. I mean, I love the film itself. Obviously, it's it's a classic. But you know, a couple of years ago when Ready Player One came out, people were talking a lot about Iron Giant again because of its presence in the movie and just like a resurgence of appreciating that movie. But um, yeah, on its 20th anniversary now, it's kind of cool to look back and and still f- kind of hold it in that regard. And, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for the, the tearjerker too. So that, that mm-hmm. plays a nice thing into it for, for this being one of my choices. But I just love, I, you know, again, that, that consistency with my first two picks and just the, the, maybe the question of choice and learning and, uh, that, that challenge between something that's made to destroy and something that dies to protect you know like I, I love that and it, it's just so well handled in this movie so yeah the iron giant that's a similar arc uh, to yeah the t800 yeah. I, I didn't really think about yeah. that before yeah that the, they both are me- well i guess the t800 is not meant to be a weapon in this current form but there is something about like the unlikeliness of this this weapon being a a, a force for compassion or something right yeah all right ronald what's your next one what's your next robot What's your next robot, Ronald? Chappie. 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 Trying to get that accent. Chippy. I can't do it. Uh, love Chappie. The movie was not the best, but Chappie's character was so lovable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you know bad things happened to him, you really felt it. <clears throat> I'd, I'd hate it when he got beat up pulled apart and stuff i thought it was but he was such a cool character i mean obviously um a johnny five sort of spirit Mm -hmm. i should say i have not seen chappie but i love the design and i love the fact that he seems like a legit robot like he reminds me of actual robots that exist in the world like an extension of that yeah and i wanted to see i wanted to cram and see that movie before this conversation because i thought it could creep onto my list but but i'm so i you know what did you think of chappie did you like like chappie yeah I like the movie, but the robot is really pretty yeah. special, I think. Movie yeah, it's was... really cool. Was that all CGI, or was he a practical effect at all? I think it was all CGI, man. Like, it's it, not. There, it's there, not. There is practical shots practical. in that movie. There's a really cool feature. Because he seems so functional. You can watch on, uh, really? on uh, YouTube. Um, uh, what, is the, what is there? I think I mentioned on this podcast where the... the, the um, oh, my God. The guys that, like, they're special effects artists. They, like, they, they watch special effects from movies. And like, kind of talk about them. Like oh, what like, was real? Yeah, yeah, Corridor yeah. Crew mm-hmm. is the channel on oh, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. But they do Chappie, and they show some of the rendering and like 
they have stuff where um, is it Chateau Copley that's mm-hmm. Chevy, like where he does have shots where he's got an actual. They oh, have wow. a physical suit on him, um, and some of it is obviously CG, but like some of the a lot of the stationary minimal movement stuff like they actually have something that he was wearing wow but then you know a lot of it is cg but the cg is it's really good like the pneumatics of the robot and like the gears and the hinges like they talk about all that on that specific video that i watched and it's it's phenomenal like that kind of stuff and not chappy but have you seen the netflix movie um i am mother yeah did you watch that? Mm-hmm. So that robot in that movie it did a similar thing where that is like a practical suit. Mm. And like the guy that did the, the the design of the suit is actually the guy in the suit. Mm. So like he was able to like model it on himself and cast it on himself. And like, again, a really cool featurette that they did about that one. And like, that's a good example too of like a really beautiful blend of like the CG and the practical, but it's heavy towards the practical mm. and those things like look amazing and Chappie's a more extreme version of it because of how like intricate it is and the the one in the netflix uh, movie is a little less like in terms of like when you look at it, there's like so much going on Chappie. yeah um but it's cool that they were able to achieve some practical stuff in that movie and and if you like that like i would check out one of those their video oh yeah it's really it cool out. It's a it's like a technical achievement in their eyes, and they're yeah. like these are professionals, right, right. and it and it is it's it's gorgeous to look at in the movie for sure, but yeah, chippy, chippy. I'm thinking of this category, which is sort of in my android category, mm-hmm. the sort of humanoid <laughs> robot, and there's a there's a lot of good entries in this realm. You know, there's a lot of those movies where it's a basically a person, so it's hard to pick one particular performance, but there's one series that has a string of memorable android characters in it and then the one who not even in the best movies but maybe the best android character of the bunch uh michael fassbender as david the android and prometheus and covenant those movies are mixed bags but man that character is great and what let's be clear prometheus was not a mixed bag it's it's, ages it's 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 a mixed bag but it's great i love that movie uh, but it's it's um, but it's a weird but what he does movie, with that character the notion of this super intelligent being who sort of admires humanity and kind of wants to be human and yearns for it yeah. but he's consistently disappointed in the humans yeah. that he knows and ultimately feels betrayed by them i guess we've seen that tipping point for like artificial yeah. intelligence before but something about that role if we were saying that arnie is perfect for the terminator michael fassbender's energy is perfect for this like chilly smart judgmental just like morally bizarre but he is in a different plane once he starts realizing like i don't really i don't really dig humanity yeah it frees him up to be this agent of chaos and evil you might say but really just like an amoral force almost and even in covenant which again messy movie got a lot of crazy stuff in it he gets to do some really interesting things there's a couple versions of him running around he kind of has a romantic scene with himself in that movie it's very bizarre and i think that what ridley scott i I feel like he's a guy who starts with a script starts making a movie and then comes a lot comes up with all these ideas in development and they just hammer them into the movie and what you end up with at the end is often a, a you know just a real hodgepodge of like, here was what the screenwriters wanted. Here's what he wanted to do visually. <clears throat> and then here's how they, they made it. That all work. Yeah. So there's a lot of crazy ideas in those two movies in Prometheus and covenant that seem like they represent Ridley Scott at a technical phase of his career. That's just excellent. Yeah. But a creative control side where maybe he's not, I don't know. Maybe he's a, he's a kind of an odd storyteller. What do you think about the idea that for like a year, he's like, this isn't in the world at all. This is not in the alien world. It's not in the alien world. And then it was definitely... Well, he likes to play that game. And then they made Prometheus. And it's like, it seems like it's the same planet that they crashed on in the first movie. But it's not. And it's like, everything points to it being the same planet. But it's not. That story has gotten needlessly complex in those movies. Yeah. yeah. But if you're looking at one theme that's kind of fun and cool, Ian Holm as Ash in the first movie. And then Lance Henriksen as Bishop. Those are really linchpin characters in the series. And so the fact when they did the new movies, we're going to have a new android. And he is also going to be kind of, you know, morally dubious. But like, if Ian Holm was the evil one who works for the company and Lance Henriksen was the guy who turns out to be a stand-up guy, Mm. uh, like Michael Fassbender is playing just a creature, a, a being you wouldn't want to tangle with because yeah. like I said, he's given up on humanity and he just, but he's, but he hasn't let anybody in on that fact. Um, there's that scene where he asks 
he's talking to Logan. What's his name? Martin Smith. What's his name? Logan Marshall Green. Logan Marshall Green. When he's talking to Logan Marshall Green, and Logan Marshall Green gives some flippant answer about why mankind made androids, just to see if we could do it. Mm-hmm. And then David Michael Fassbender says something like, "Imagine if you got a chance to meet God, and ask Him why He made you, and He said that to you. How disappointed you would feel." Yeah. And Logan Marshall Green is just like, you know, but it's like at that moment, you really feel that that character is like going, yeah, yeah like is... these aren't my people and I can, I can outdo these creatures. You know, it's, it's similar to Hal yeah. in 2001. Like you don't want to be tangling with, you don't want to be out in space tangling with an artificial intelligence. Yeah. You just don't. That's my advice to you guys. Especially one that dissects people. Yeah. It's crazy. But no, when, when we talk, talked about this list, I was like, man, David, David, David the android deserves an appreciation Trying to decide which one I'm going to go with here. If you go with the one, I, I, I'm not going to go with that one. Don't, don't worry. You're, you know? you're fine. Did you look I, over my shoulder? No, I have an idea what you're going to pick, though. No. I do. You do. I, I, regardless, I'm going to stick in the animated realm. Again, I'm going with my heart, my gut. I think I know what this well, will be. I, I don't know. I, maybe. No, it's not that. Oh, okay. It's not that. It's on my list. I would have. Going... If someone had said lay odds on what one of Steve's picks is, I, I, I thought it might have been this little guy. He's on my list, but I'm gonna give some. I'm gonna give some love to a lesser-known Disney Pixar property. Uh huh. And I'm gonna give a shout out to my boy Baymax. Yes. Because let me tell you, I think that Big Hero Six is one of the most underrated Disney animation movies. Yes. Legitimately. I don't know how many times I've watched that. Not only because my daughter loves it, but I genuinely love that movie. It's also a sleeper Marvel film. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And they kind of changed like, oh, the the yeah. source material a bit. Yeah. But this is little inflatable robot. Is the most adorable, funny, and somehow puts through so much emotion without having any emotion on his face. Mm-hmm. The 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 voice work by uh, Scott Adsit. Scott Adsit from so Thirty good. Rock is amazing, mm-hmm. and uh, every scene he's in is so good, so funny. The movie, the ending, you know, with Hero and him and realizing he still has him and all this stuff. I just I just think that that movie is a great movie but Baymax himself is a character that is so underrated but is um one of the better little sidekick characters I think Disney has had in a long time yeah I think it's the most well-intentioned character there's like not an ounce of of negativity of sarcasm of anything it's pure innocence he exists to take care of you (laughs) and that plays so funny in situations where a literal reading of a boy going through puberty or things like that that plays really well and plays for comic, you know, moments in the movie, but also plays to, like, you know, innocence and adolescence and, like, what this kid's going through and this genius kid who doesn't understand some simple things that a robot Mm -hmm. that exists to take care of you does. And while on so many levels it's so intellectual, it's also simply put just love Mm -hmm. and like the whole movie there's nothing but love in this film between the characters between the parents and the kids in in, in most cases but um back when we found tj miller funny too right yeah right (laughs) it was a perfect perfect age uh, and what damon wayne's uh not damon 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 wayne's jr Jr. is uh one of the group of friends and ah man yeah the other one that you thought i was gonna pick gets tons of love as it should it's one of the best but baymax I feel like is overlooked. When I was in Disney World and I got to get a picture with Baymax with my daughter, I was legitimately moved. Really? He's this seven foot tall, inflated little character. Seven foot tall, big character. Yeah. But just, you know, it's like there's got to be kids out there that like just are so moved by that character that relate to it. And I wish more people loved that movie. So when I got to pick three, I, I, I kind of went with some more of the mainstream, huge, big hits. Mm-hmm. But um, or, or or the common picks rather, but looking over things that qualified, you know these these kids at a robotic school, this inflatable robot that is literally exists to not let people be hurt, and if they are, to fix them. Yeah, I fucking love it. It's so good, and, and that it's, it's so the brothers' funny. love yeah. that's yes. like coming that from on. beyond the grave yeah. and all like, that stuff. Yeah, and amazing. and the design. So cool. Like the way that he inflates and deflates and just the different, when his battery's running low and all that stuff. And the way that he's always trying to help. That's the other thing. That's the key. It's just like, what can I do to help? Yeah. And that's like, that's like a great thing to just consider in life. Yeah. You know, for all of us. Perfect. It's just like, 
from beginning to end, that's all it is with that robot. No, it had I to be it. had to be on the list, I think. Yeah. It's a good one. I'm on the Your last one. Okay. Um anybody that knows me knows I'm slightly obsessed with this movie. I bought it several times, physical, digital, the four K release that came out pretty recently. It's simple. Have you ever bought it spiritually? Uh, yeah, it's simple. It's beautiful. It is fucking complex at the same time. Ex Machina. Ah. The character Ava. Come on. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. It's I've never felt so conflicted about a character in my life. Like there's it's like scenes that feel like so much is going on where like you can't tell if you're being manipulated by just the kindness of this person, by the beauty of this person. You know, mm-hmm. is is it's she really on the outside of the situation is she as far on the outside as she's saying she is playing with this guy's emotions that comes onto this island to kind of figure out what this creation is and it is one of the strangest movies I've ever seen and one of the most beautiful uh, Ex Machina is fucking Alex second Garland. that yeah, Garland. yeah it's uh, Jesus man you think uh, you think she hooks up with David the android I was say. and then they just they just ruin humanity forevermore so. <laughs> you know the, 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 that they are like together in real life right are they really Fast Vendor and Vikander oh yeah oh, I thought that was the joke they're gonna make little evil android babies no what they're thick it. dude yeah Two beautiful people, man. Very. No, great pick. One with a huge dome. I'm just saying, based on that movie, man. That's because he was he's an android. They gave him a perfect they, dick. They did. They gave him that Dirk Diggler dick. <laughs> what was the name of that sex addiction movie? Shame. Shame. Oh, my God. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. Sudden in theater with Ashley. 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 You yeah. know. Yeah, we know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I just ran into her last week. Really? Ashley Miller. In, in the world? In the world. What was she doing? Shopping with her mom. At home since. And always knows. Still talking about seeing that movie with you, oddly enough. Yeah, it's weird. She brought it up. <laughs> I'm kidding. She did. <laughs> it was a crazy movie. I hope she's doing well. She is. She's I'll see her again until you said hi. Okay. She lives out by me. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, good movie. Well, I haven't taken my last one yet. Yeah. I got the inside choice and the outside choice, and I know that you, Steve, you sounds like you've been going with the heart on, on your picks. Mm. Do it. I got it. I got it. Got it. I got it. You got it. I was born in 1973. Yeah, you got to say this. I got to say fucking R2-D2. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, too. The best robot yeah. ever. That's, I mean, there, there's a couple gonna... of cool outside choices that would have really made my list seem quirky and fun, but yeah. that little guy, I mean, especially because if you were going to say, okay, Star Wars has, is like a home of robots. There's mm. lots of great robots. And then you get those two main characters that have been, you know, the, the through line of a lot of the movies. And if you really want to look at like, okay, who do you pick? There's just no question that if you were going on a road trip, you want R2-D2 there. You don't want C-3PO there. Yeah. I love him. Mm. I love that he's got a good little friend, and I love that he's, he belongs with these people, but he cannot hang. No. C-3PO so might be the best example of like the, the, the necessary person who does a good job who cannot hang at all. And R2-D2 yeah. is just pure hang. You know, yeah. I love how expressive his little beeps are. I love the fact that we kind of know what he's saying, especially when he and 3PO are like arguing. Yeah. R2 will go like, boo, boo, boo. And the C-3PO will say, no, and I don't like you either. <laughs> and it's like, so it's like, and it happens with Chewbacca. It happens with other aliens in those movies, too, where it's like the length, someone is telling you what they just said by yeah. virtue of how they respond. Sure. But R2 just, sometimes he sounds like a little kid. He seems like he's whining or he seems like he's asking. Like, we have a cat that makes these little inquisitive noises. Like, before he jumps up on the bed, he comes in and kind of goes, Bruh! Yeah. It's like it's that kind of cute, expressive beep. But then yeah. you turn around, and he's the droid. If you need someone to carry a hologram to an oh, old yeah. wizard out in the desert, he's, or just do anything, he's the droid critical. you need. Yeah. While well, three yeah. is like computing the odds and making everybody feel like shit, R two is like getting shit done, shooting jets out of his feet and buzzing around the outside <laughs> of the ship and fixing it and stuff. You know, he's like the he's like the ultimate like Swiss Army droid. Totally. That he can, and maybe they pile that on. He became a little bit of like in the prequels, especially once it was computer generated. Mm. He could have every little tool in the world sticking out of him. Yeah. But even in the original movies, there's just this sense that you don't quite get what all he has inside him, and the fact that he does seem to kind of like he's he's dependable and brave, and and he's a good pal. I don't know. There's something just so perfect about R two D two that when this list came up, it's like if I didn't put him on, it would be like a repeat of when we did best villains. 
and no one mentioned Darth Vader. You yeah. know, R2D2 needs to be in this episode. R2D2 is. No, he's the best. Yeah. He yeah, he's the best. The best. <laughs> <laughs> and that scream. <laughs> oh my God, it's so good. That's the noise uh, that Nikki makes, my wife, when when we are going through. No, let me finish the sentence. <laughs> when we go through a stop sign or a, 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 like a red light, like as it's turning red, yeah. like you, know, when you think you're going to make it while yeah. it's yellow. If it turns red, like when we're underneath it, she goes, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yes, let, thank you for letting me finish that. Yeah. That pause you had, yeah. like, oh, there's nothing pause here. <laughs> No, she makes Wookiee noises in bed. It's oh, strange. Yeah. To yeah. Keeping them straight yeah, up. It's hard. Oh, man. That's hilarious. So that was robots. That's pretty good this, man. Yeah. yeah. Good robots. Yeah. Thanks for being there for us, robots. Yeah, seriously. In some cases. Beep, boop, most bop. Cases. Beep. Beep, beep, boop. Yeah. Except you, David. I know. You fucker. You fucker. Without you out there with your big dong in space. Yeah, what the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> playing basketball on a unicycle <laughs> with his dong man so that's movie schmoovie's take on robots right yes. there yeah. ends on the dong yeah playing basketball on a dong. unicycle dong skinball dong <laughs> that's it that's the chime <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> So in in the hopes of keeping the the what you said rhythm going, mm-hmm. hopefully we keep these episodes coming out every oh, yeah. other week or so. Hopefully, yeah. But uh, you can find us on moviesmovie.com, facebook.com/moviesmovie if you have thoughts or feedback on this episode, uh, or if you want to share it with your friends, it'd be cool if you hit that little share button, or on Apple Podcasts if you can leave a review, star rating, any kind of feedback that it will let you would be appreciated. Um, we'll be back in a couple weeks, hopefully, with a new episode. And hopefully continue that every other week from that point. Yeah, I want to say welcome back to our listeners. Yeah, yeah. hopefully you're still there. You guys yeah. just weren't listening hard enough for, yeah. for most of this year, but now you seem to be, uh, you know, applying yourselves again. Appreciate it. And we thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sticking in there with us. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye. Bye.